It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's September, September 2018, September 2018 edition of our show. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm happy to have you with me. Thanks for tuning in for uh, a brief hour of poetry here um, in the Internet, on the Internet, broadcasting to you live from the Internet, I think, is the best way to say that. Um, I'm here in Southern California. Um, I'm the uh, person behind the Poetry Superhighway website, which perhaps you are familiar with. Uh, you might be if you're paying attention to this broadcast. You might not be. I don't know. Ask me about it. I'll be happy to tell you all about it. Um, it's uh, it's uh, for, for some of us, it's the waning moments of uh, 2018, or, or sorry, 5778. Tonight is Rosh Hashanah for uh, Jewish folks. Um, and so shortly after this broadcast, uh, I'll be heading off to to services, and um, I'm lucky enough to be going to a place in Los Angeles called Sinai Temple, where there's a special service called Rosh Hashanah Live happening, where my friend Craig Taubman has been doing uh, uh, all kinds of really creative, out-of-the-box services for years, and he's invited me to share a couple of poems during the service. So, if and it's a free event. So if you happen to be in Southern California and you're looking, still looking for somewhere to go for for tonight, uh, then head on down to Sinai Temple. It's in Westwood at uh, at uh, Beverly Glen and Wilshire Boulevard. It's free. Just show up, and the service is at eight o'clock. And you're more than welcome to uh, to participate. It's going to be a unique, out of the box, um, filled with music and poetry, and not all that long. So um, <laughs> that's that's the best way to describe a service that you want to be at. Not all that long. So that's tonight. Um, of course, right now, um, the main focus is this open poetry reading. So please call in and read a poem. The number here is 646-716-7362. We've got about a, a, an hour or so of this show, and we'd love to hear what, what you've got going on in poetry. It could be any poem. It could be a brand new poem, a brand old poem. Um, or a brand middle-aged poem, uh, something you're, you're, that's tried and true for you, something you're just working on and you want to hear how it sounds out loud, um, I'd love to hear it. So call in and, uh, and read it. And also, uh, this is a great opportunity for you to let us know about what's going on in your poetry world. I always give callers the opportunity to let us know about your, your new book, your, um, your uh, reading series that you're running, your whatever it is that you've got in poetry that you, wanna, that you want other people to know about. Um, this is a great opportunity for you to share it to anyone who, who might be listening. And before we get to our callers, uh, I also want to mention, speaking of things going on in poetry, this is the last show that we're doing before the deadline of the currently running Poetry Superhighway contest. Um, so this has been going on since uh, early July, or maybe it was late June. I forget. Now that the summer's over, I have no idea what, what time it is or when it is or how long things have been going on. But what I do know is that the contest is coming to an end in less than two weeks. Uh, September 23rd, Saturday, September 23rd, is the deadline for you to get your poem entries in um, and to pay the entry fee. It's a $1 per poem entry fee. You can enter as many as you like. And as long as the, the uh, entry fee is here, by, by if you pay electronically by midnight Pacific on, on that Saturday, then uh, you're in good shape. Um, or if you're choosing to pay via a check through the mail, the $1 per poem entry fee, it has to be postmarked by Saturday, September 23rd. And then in turn, if you're doing that and waiting in the last minute to send a check, 
Um, it also has to arrive to me by Wednesday of the following week, um, or else even though you will have sent it on time, uh, we, we will have been out of time to get poems off to the judges. Um, all the poems that get entered get sent off to the judge, judges with your name removed. They read them blindly. There's three judges who've been diligently reading the over 500 poems which have been received and paid for so far. Um, and uh, they send back scores, and uh, the, the, the highest scores rise to the top, and that's how we determine the, the winners. The top three winners will divide up 100% of the entry fees. So say we, we got um, uh, $500 in entry fees, 50% of that, 250 bucks, will go to the uh, top-scoring poet. Um, 30% of that will go to the person who, goes, who uh, arrives in, in place number two. And 20% of that will go to the third place winner contest. But besides that, even if you don't win the contest in one of these top three spots, we have so many sponsors who have given so many prizes, which means that every single person who enters the contest is going to get some kind of prize directly from one of our sponsors just for entering. There's so many different poetry books on there, subscriptions to things, there's a subscription to Rattle Magazine. Um, poetry books by individual authors, poetry anthologies, you're definitely going to get something to enter. Even if you only enter with one poem, you're still going to get something even if you don't win the contest. So check it out. Go to our website, poetrysuperhighway.com, and uh, click on the uh, contest banner that says enter the contest, and you can see all the details. You can see the very, very long list of prizes um, one of which you will for sure get if you enter the contest. Um, just remember the deadline is coming up. It's less than two weeks. It's Saturday, September 23rd. If you have any questions about the contest, feel free to ask me uh, them. And in the meantime, we're going to get right to our open reading now. Um, again, the number to call in if you would like to read a poem is 646-716-7362. Um, our first caller is from the 201 area code. Hello. Oh, that, that's me already, is it? It, Hello, it is. Hello, this is, this is Gia from New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> New Jersey must be doing something right. I, uh, I suppose so. I was, I was I, getting all settled in to listen for a while. I didn't think I was going to be first one up. <laughs> Well, this is this is the miracle of today, Gia, and uh, you're experiencing it. And just you know, let the light shine all over you uh, uh, through the through the clouds hovering over New Jersey. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is a little bit cloudy and gloomy here. Um, oh, I'm I feel so like now I'm not sure what I was going to read. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll read what's in front of me since it's already in front of me. Okay, it's um, a good choice. Uh, so this, this is, uh, this is a poem called Shock. I read somewhere that the word shock comes from a medieval French word spelled C-H-O-C. Shock, meaning to throw troops into confusion via a superior military force. The word shock is defined as an upheaval of the equilibrium or permanence of something. To strike with surprise, terror, horror, disgust, a sudden violent mental or emotional disturbance, or something that causes one. I read somewhere that the word shark comes from a Mayan word spelled X-O-C. Shock. I read somewhere that an Englishman, after conquering it, dragged the great white corpse to the shore and heard the natives whisper, Shock. He brought the word back to England with the broken body, a word that to the natives meant something like deep demon, devilfish. Shock. The word for what waited for them in the water. Thank you for uh, letting me read that. Oh, gosh, that was my pleasure to listen to it. Um, well read um, and it, it, shocking even. <laughs> if you, <laughs> you you should write a follow-up called And Awe I, I, just to <laughs> see what, what, what comes out of that. Um, I, I, loved I all could the, probably make use of that, actually. <laughs> do it. 
this is what it's all about po- poems ex- inspiring other poems and uh, and ideas of of what to write you know um um did, remind me what city you're calling from in New Jersey Lindhurst New Jersey Lindhurst, Lindhurst. okay yes i'm making a note of that awesome um, so, uh, is anything, what's going on in your poetry world in, in, uh, in the greater Lindhurst area? Gia? Well, I, uh, I actually am doing a 30, 30 this month, um, with a poetry group that I'm a part of called the Ouija Poetry Society, which people can look up on Facebook. Uh, it's a closed group, but if you're interested in being a part of it, um, we do little local things, a lot of just online support. Um, you know, bouncing poems back and forth and stuff. But if anybody's interested, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm an admin on that group, so I can add you if you're interested. Um, and uh, a couple of us are going pretty strong. I've, I, I have to write something today, but then I will be all caught up for the month and uh, continuing on. Um, so are, yeah. you allowed, are you allowed to do this when it's not National Poetry Month? I mean, I, I, there, there's a fine... But you know, I'm willing to break through the the red tape and do yeah. another thirty thirty. <laughs> I figured there would be a fine or something because you know most people, you know you hear all the news of all the thirty 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 during during National Poetry Month, and so it just yeah. it, this is equally shocking to hear of this in September. Uh, but I guess it does have thirty days, so maybe it's it, that's how it there's does. A, it's a loophole, as it were. Yeah, we that's what we're we're calling it thirty days half September. And, you know, the school year starting and, and, and that sort of like the, the transition into fall, we figured. And we had such great luck in April. So we figured, you know, let's do another one. That's great. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think I'd, I'd be hearing that term again for a few months, but, uh, but very <laughs> cool. Um, I think any time uh, you, you set yourself to, to uh, the, the, the challenge of, of writing poems like like that over a particular period of time, uh, uh, it's it's a difficult and challenging, uh, but but uh, so rewarding. Uh, Absolutely. To have accomplished, you know, to mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it's uh, anyone who suffers from writing block should actually just start writing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big, I mean, big I, advocate of that. Yeah, it's it's not that everything you write will be great and usable, but but it le- but it you know it gets the wheels going and and surely mm-hmm. something will come out of it. So that's that's really cool. Well, Gia, it was uh, delightful to hear your voice again and uh, and to hear your poem, which was uh, so sweetly read. And um, and I'll be thinking about you know these French and Mayan words and uh, for, mm-hmm. uh, for the time being. Um, so cool. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I'll, My uh, I'll pleasure. I'll come back next month. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. All right. That, All right. Bye. That was uh, uh, Gia calling from Lindhurst, New Jersey, um, a second-time caller, I believe, and uh, such a wonderful reader and writer. I'm so pleased that she discovered our show and this world and that she's a part of it now. So thank you, Gia. Speaking of next month, I should mention um, next month, uh, we will be actually using our show to announce the winners of the Poetry Superhighway contest. And that show is going to happen on October 7th. So our next actual open reading uh, where you can call in and read will be in November, November 4th. So we've got um, a few weeks until the next show. And uh, that's always a really cool show um, when we announce the winners. And it's a full hour show. And I, I could just announce... <laughs> I could just announce the winners in the first three minutes, but no, we build suspense. It's an entire hour show. Um, the judges come back on if they're available and they talk about the whole experience of uh, having read all the poems. Um, and we will actually, I'll actually announce the top 10 scoring positions, uh, including all the people who, who tie, if there are ties between places four through 10. Um, and if anyone is, is listening who happens to be one of the winners of, or the people who uh, placed in one of those spots, you'll be invited to call in and read your poem during that show. So it's not exactly an open reading, but we'll definitely hear some poetry. Um, and, of course, the top three winners will be announced. And, and we've been lucky enough in the past that some folks who uh, were in those top three scoring positions have been listening and have, you know, 
been, you know, heard the announcement first there and, and called in to, uh, to read their poem. So I hope that happens again. Uh, so that's what's happening for our next show on October 7th. Um, all right. The number for you to call in today on today's show is uh, area code 646-716-7362. Call in. Our next caller is from the 510 area code. Hello, 510. Is that me? That's you. Hello. That's me. Hey, it's Dennis Clark. How are you doing today? Oh, Dennis, you're, you're uh, fading in and out uh, there. Can you say that again? Uh, you're calling right. from where? Uh, all right. Let me try it this way. Is this better? Um, well, it uh, it got very quiet. Are we quiet. better here? Uh, this is good, yes. Okay, what about now? <laughs> Otherwise, heard... it's hopeless. I'm on a cell phone. I'm outside in San Francisco. Can you hear me? All right, me? well, I can hear you freeze in the position that you're in right now. All right, I'm frozen. <laughs> and let's... Let's go for it. This reminds me a little bit of how, you know, we all used to have rabbit ear antennas on top of our TVs. And, you know, sometimes before cable and before, you know, so we would sometimes the signal would get kind of funky. And so we'd have to go, you know, adjust the rabbit ears. And um, and uh, and we found one position. But if we moved away from it, so, you know, someone would have to stand at the TV holding the one of the antennas in one hand with their left arm up, you know, in the other hand and. They'd stand like that for an hour just so we could watch Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley without static. Yeah. All right. Well, let me find out. Are you hearing me now? Yes. Yes, I am. This has turned into a sprint commercial. Good. Good. (laughs) Good. Um, So I'm I'm not going to read a big poem. I'm a journalist, a reporter, uh, and uh, but I've been thinking a lot about my poetry teacher, the late Muriel Rukeyser. Mm-hmm. Because I've been out in the street, uh, like yesterday, I was out in the street documenting the marches for the climate in San Francisco, and I just kept thinking about some of the key things that Muriel Rukeyser said, what she taught me, and do, I just so I have a couple of line quotes that I wanted to share with you. Uh, one of them is uh, from a poem she wrote called Islands. Uh, And the first line, which I love very much, is, oh, for God's sake, they are connected underneath. And it's uh, sort of a thought about the way in which so many people think they are so different from the other people who are around them, and really the difference isn't as big as they think. And if we don't make sure that uh, we try and close those distances, we're going to lose our world. Yeah. So the other one is, and this is crucial for all the men who are destroying the world. This is uh, a, the opening of a poem for the great German woodcut artist, Kata Kolwitz. And the line goes, what would happen if one woman told the truth about her life? The world would split open. Hmm. And uh, that's, uh, I just wanted to bring her back into the 21st century dialogue. Because, um, I don't know, it's, it's uh, the men have screwed it up and it's time for the women uh, uh, to sort of take power and see if they can help to us rescue the earth. That's really all I have to share with you, Rick. I love what you all do. You don't have a poem you want to, you want to read us? I, we got some time here. If you, if you got something handy. Uh, uh, let's see a poem. I, I, I don't, I don't have one of my own open in front of me. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but I, I just wanted to sort of listen in, share, remind people who didn't, who don't know about these incredible folks who have come before us. And uh, I was just sort of planning to listen along. Uh, I, I, again, I, I love what you're doing and poetry. I can tell you that poetry is playing a powerful role in the street now 
uh, among the young people who are trying to change history. So uh, that's mm-hmm. my report. That's a good report. I, you know, I know there are there are many um, uh, readings and 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 opportunities to to be with other poets in the in the Bay Area. Are there um, any that you frequent that you can let us know about? Um, you know, both in in terms of just for people to participate in general or show up to, or or that you think are particularly um, uh, living up to what you just said in terms of you know people using their words to try to make an impact. You know, there are there, there are so many wonderful salons, um, readings going on now. There, I, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't have a list of uh, recommendations, but uh, you just hit poetry in San Francisco in the Google Land, uh, and uh, or poetry salon San Francisco, and you're going to be overwhelmed with the possibilities. But I'm I'm just sort of I don't know. I, I I think as an older dude, I'm I'm just trying to sort of connect history with the future, uh, and um, I really I'm somebody who has uh, been, you know, an investigative reporter breaking the most profound and troubling stories of our time, and the only hmm. way I've been able to survive that, and believe me, uh, I sort of do three torture stories a day. The only way to survive that is I wake up every morning at five o'clock. I'd first, maybe I do a little crying. Then I do a bunch of reading, been reading Rumi today. Uh, and then I, um, to write and, uh, whatever comes out, comes out. And you know, you were talking about writer's block and I, Muriel Rukaiser used to say, if you're having trouble, if you can't make something beautiful, hold something beautiful, feel the texture and the flow of its beauty, and uh, that will give you what you need to continue. Hmm. That's that's a beautiful thought, um, and you know, it just kind of reminds reminds you that everything has the potential to be a writing prompt. You know. Uh, if, if you're yeah. sitting there, you know, wondering what to write and, and you can't think of any ideas, well, just look at what's around you and uh, write some observations down about about what you're seeing or build a world around, you know, the stapler on the desk or who knows what it is. I mean, it's it's uh, I, I always um, refer back to did, did you see the movie Throw Mama from the Train, Dennis, Billy Crystal, yes. Danny DeVito? Uh, Dan, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bill, yeah. Billy Crystal is a. Uh, is a writing teacher and Danny DeVito's taking his class and, uh, and he doesn't have a lot of confidence. And so he goes up to uh, the teacher, the character Billy Crystal's playing and says, you know, how do you know if you're a writer? And, uh, and, and Billy Crystal's character says, well, you know, a writer writes. And so I was, I always like to encourage people who are, who feel a lack of confidence in, and whether they can label themselves a poet or a writer and say, well, did you write a poem? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're, you're a poet then, you know, it's uh, and, and in fact, to this day, since I, I, since I saw that film, which was early on when I started writing and, and, and having a computer where I did the writing, like my, the folder, which contains all of my writing of any kind is labeled a writer writes and it's all in there. So, um, you know, it's, it just seems to me, you know, not everything you write is going to be great or you're going to be happy with or maybe anyone else alike, but something is. And, and you just have to you just have to do it. You right. know, and that's that's, that's and be careful because you might not be happy with it, but it still might be a wonderful poem and you're just not happy with it. At this right. Time. So don't throw it out. Put it aside. Uh, I do remember a beautiful story, which reminds me of your story uh, and and the film that you um, referred to, which was, again, back to, forgive me for, today seems to be Muriel Rukeyser Day for me. Uh, but she, National holiday. Uh, she, she, yeah. she, tells, she would tell a story. Uh, she was in a cab on her way to a reading, and the cab driver, she told, you know, the cab driver uh, asked her where, what she was doing. She said, I was going to give a poetry reading. And the cab driver said, well, I write poetry too, but I'm, I don't know if I should show it to anybody because um, I don't know if it's any good. And I don't know if, how do I know somebody didn't write exactly what I wrote before me? And she said, 
something like, if you wrote it, it's yours and it's original. Hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, all, I, um, yeah, go on. I was, that's all the more reading to, you know, the, the whole, what if it's, what if it's not any good? Well, all the more reason, reason to read it in front of people. So you'll find that out. You're never going to know if you stick it in a drawer, you know? Uh, that's um, right. But don't throw it out. Whatever you do. Hold exactly. on. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for this, again, uh, I love this quote this is from a uh, actually from the extraordinary writer and activist the the, uh, uh, the German war resistor uh, French German war resistor Simone Weil and I love this and I I, I love this about poetry too it's, it's she said it about friendship you know her her quest to be a friend is to love with the greatest intensity from the distance necessary to love with the greatest intensity from the distance necessary. It's something that you can apply to your poetry and your life as well. Um, I, that's all I have. All right. Well, Dennis, I really appreciate you calling in and, uh, and uh, sharing those quotes and your thoughts. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy a, a national mural day, the rest of it. And, uh, I will. Thank you. And have a good one. All right. Thanks for calling in. Call in again. All right. Peace. Peace. That was uh, Dennis Bernstein calling from San Francisco, California. Um, lovely conversation there. You should call in and have a conversation with me and read uh, your your poetry. The number is 646-716-7362. I've got open lines right now, so you'll get right in if you if you call. We'll be on the air for the next half hour um, unless I run out of things to say and none of you call, which could happen. It's a, it's a holiday. It's a, Rosh Hashanah is coming up, so a lot of you are getting ready for that. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's National Muriel. I forget her last name day as well. So, you know, probably you're preparing your feasts for, for that. Um, and uh, so <laughs> I hear you. Um, so 646-716-7362. I'm going to play a spoken word track uh, uh, right now. Um, I received a few spoken word tracks from Jerry Garcia, Southern California poet, um, that he mixed together with music and, and such a while back and, uh, and sent to me. And uh, this one is called... Uh, while walking the dog last night. the dog last evening I saw a falling star its tail so long its head so black surely it must rest this morning in a neighbor's backyard blackened rock warm to the touch conspicuous on a thick bed of bluegrass if it struck like the truth it could be the famous bosun, and if it had not been honest, the prayers of many would nod as they hold on to tomorrow, while the rest of us scramble to keep the day intact. Sometimes what is visible in the black, like reflected branches and multi-galaxies of matter, would support belief in substance, while to others the flickering sky expresses the divine.
find stillness The jasmine will night bloom in your direction And the breeze Will carry its sacred exhalation of perfume Toward you Breathe The moon will cascade waves of radiance downward Drop her silver robes Glow You will awaken Overtaken by a love That asks no permission Golden particles rising Beneath your skin All of existence Longs to be an offering Eternity is a constant whisper Wishing to be listened to This is the beginning This is only the beginning Let it in, let it in Well, that was uh, two spoken word tracks for you. First one from Jerry Garcia, a poem that we uh, we hadn't played on the air before um, called While Watching the Dog Last Evening is what he said, though the file was labeled last night, which is what I said. I'm wondering if it's night or evening. I realize both of those are very similar. I just want to be accurate when I present what I'm presenting. Um, but who knows? It was a wonderful track and he read it so well and it was mixed with music. Um, so nicely. Um, awesome. Really enjoyed that track, Jerry. Thank you for sending the ones that you did uh, a while back. I think we've played all three of the ones that you've sent now. That one was particularly cool. Um, uh, and that we followed that up with a spoken word track from uh, also a Southern California artist, Rachel Kahn. Um, man, I always forget if it's Kahn or Can. Uh, but either way, she's a- awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was not the right word to try to mispronounce to be funny. Um, that was her, her spoken word track, The Beginning. Um, also, I think she, uh, a professional producer uh, mixed that down and added all the, the music to it, etc. Um, so if you would like to hear a, a spoken word, your spoken word track on the air, or at least for me to consider playing it on the air, what you should do is uh, send it to me in an email at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com. And um, I listen to everything that comes in and uh, and uh, make decisions about what to play. I try to play usually one spoken word track. Sometimes we play more um, uh, around the half hour mark of the show. Um, and what do I mean by spoken word track? Well, um, it's something that's that's more than just a straight read of the poem because you can call in and do that and I invite you to call in and I hope you do uh, but it's got to be something that that has something more to it than just the reading of the poem like the examples that you just heard there's music added to it um, there is uh, sound effects maybe um, or in other cases if, if you're not um, if you can't figure out how to produce something like that um, it doesn't have to be that complicated either um, it could be a live recording of you uh, doing the poem at a reading in front of an audience where the audience's reactions, their applause, their laughter, whatever it is, um, create that extra element, which, which, which um, lets me um, throw it into the category of spoken word tracks. Send, send MP3s to me at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com, and I will consider playing them in uh, future shows. All right, the number for you to call in if you'd like to to read a poem during this uh, second half hour of the show is area code 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 310 area code. 310, hi. Is that me? Hi, Rick. That's you. Hi. It's Peggy. Hey, Peggy. Peggy Dobrier calling from right here in Southern California. 
It is me. I'm great, thank you for asking. Oh, you know, you're you're fading in and out a little bit. I, I wonder if there's any way to I don't know what's happening over there, but you're you're fading in and out. Is there anything is you better? can do? That sounded a little better? better. That did sound okay. better, yes. Talk to me. Hello, hello. <laughs> Sorry, um it's a cell phone, so I don't know if there's a problem with reception. Uh, I don't usually have one, but it could be. Can you hear me now? You sound great now. Well, I thought it would be a good time to call in because you said uh, to mention what's going on in your poetry life, and since you and I will be reading together next Sunday. Um, oh, my God, it's true. That would be it, right? It's true, right? Flint Ridge Bookstore, I can't wait. Yeah, that's um, um, Alice uh, Alice Perot and Lois uh, Jones have been running this Moonday series for I I think longer than I've been alive uh, in in a, a couple different parts of LA and it's currently in in Flint Ridge and um, so a series with a lot of longevity and behind it um, with with a couple of dedicated organizers and hosts and I'm I, I haven't been in a long time and I'm so lucky to get to read with you. That's I'm actually thrilled about it. I, I agree that they they do amazing events, and every single time I've read for them, something extraordinary has happened at the reading. Um, I ended up going to Prague because of meeting Jim Reagan uh, and reading with him there one night, and um, just so wonderful, uh, some wonderful connections. Um, loved Village Book. Uh, loved it at Aldersgate Retreat Center, and I love it at Fortbridge. So um, it's all good. Now, I was just—I think I was just at Flint Ridge Bookstore and Coffeehouse. This is—is is this the same place where the where the Rattle series happens? Exactly. And okay. I think there's one today at five o'clock. Uh, Nikhil Davis will be reading there today. So oh, wow. there's a lot happening out there, and it's a really lovely space. So definitely support it. One of the you know, one of the good bookstores left in town. For sure. Um, and so, okay, so our reading is next Sunday, September 16th at 4 p.m. Uh, it's you and me and an open reading. Exactly. So come early if you want to be in the open because it does fill up. Cool. It is a cool bookstore. Um, I, I, I recall uh, my son Jude came with us, and he was he was playing with with Tim uh, Rattles, editor's daughter, off in another area of the of the bookstore, and we kept hearing sounds from them during the reading. So. <laughs> She's quite a wonderful little poet, by the way, and and I heard that Jude just got up to the mic for the first time, and I can't believe I missed it. It's true. He well, it wasn't the first time. Uh, he he read um, previously at um, the the series that uh, uh, James Maverick runs at the Studio City Library. Um, uh, he he got he not only did he get up and read a poem that he'd written, but he made like a one poem chapbook. <laughs> it was like a like a one sheet of paper folded over. He'd written the poem on the inside and drew a cover, and I, I photocopied for him that he sold for you know, a dollar a piece uh, at the reading. Um, that was a couple of years ago. As a I know it's, um, it's, it's something to have product at your very first reading. You know, that's, that's a lot of confidence. So well, I think this, not, it's not just confidence, but he has a role model. You see, um, most kids don't have that in terms of the, you know, chat book production. That's true. I, I am putting out a book every five minutes, uh, so uh, so I guess he so sees that going on. Uh, fair, yeah, a couple months old. Uh, it's called Beautiful Mistakes, poems written in uh, Seattle, Snoqualmie, and Portland last summer. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I have that. Very, and you do too? Very cool. I do, uh, and I'm about to put out a second edition uh, because um, because I totaled my car as I was completing the first edition, and I was unhappy with some things. So the cool thing about a book is you can you can have a do-over, and uh, just thrilled that my my publisher was up for it. So um, I don't think it'll be ready for Sunday, but it will be ready soon. So. Uh, 
and there'll be 25 more pages in it of poetry. So I'm pretty thrilled about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of poetry, do you do you have a poem for us? I have a poem. I have a silly little poem. Um, there's a chapter in the book in the in the first edition uh, based on superstition. Can you still hear me? I can. Okay, based on uh, superstitions and funny stories, and this is one called Edison and Company. There is usually one electrician in any small crowd, a guy who never looks in a mirror. He thinks mirrors are dangerous and may lead to obsessions and fear of ghosts. Ghosts are always lurking, that much is certain, but they can't be illuminated without igniting their own reflections in the glass. Legend has it, that once a candle is lit, the literati can be seen assembling in the mirror over the mantle, but not in the room. Those present are instantly filled with bravado and know they're seen to be final. The electrician goes on about his business, fusing wires and making things light up. He is immune to candlelight, He has no interest in romance. He looks in the mirror with his one blind eye. Hmm. That's what they do. They they make things light up. They make things light up. Do you know any electricians? Um. Not really. I've I've used electricians. That sounds. uh, I don't mean that inhumanely. (laughs) <laughs> I, I've I've hired electricians hired and paid for their skill and labor is what you mean. Yeah, I've I've relied upon them. I've I've called mm-hmm. upon them in emergencies. Um, I've uh, I've had one electrician tell me that the other electrician wasn't an electrician, after looking at the wiring that had been done. Um, uh, I've had that kind of thing go on. I've had a very uh, uh, when we redid our bathroom a couple years ago, we had a very like proprietary emotional electrician uh, show up and uh, it was really quite the experience. So, you know, I've, I've co-mingled with electricians, uh, you know, but I wouldn't say I know one. Yeah, I can't say I do either. Um, So, um, but this was fun. Yeah. Well, Peggy, I am really looking forward to reading with you next uh, next weekend, um, Sunday at 4 p.m. in La Cunada, Flintridge. And um, congratulations on the impending second edition of your book. I'm so sorry to hear about your car accident. I hope that uh, that never happens again. And, Me too. Um, and, uh, and thank you for calling. Okay. Have a good one. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. All right, that was uh, that was uh, my friend Peggy Dobreer from here in Southern California, who I obviously know from uh, from wandering around in the uh, in the uh, Southern California poetry community, um, uh, calling in, reading a poem, and and waxing on about electricians with me. She's got uh, a new version of her book, Drop and Dazzle, coming out, so watch for that. And if you're in town, uh, I definitely you're in this town, I should say, because um, undoubtedly you're in some town. Uh, please come on over to uh, Flint Ridge, Lockettiana Flint Ridge Bookstore and Coffee House uh, next Sunday at 4 p.m. and watch us read. Um, I definitely will be reading poems from my uh, newest book, uh, "Beautiful Mistakes," written in uh, written in those cities. I already told you they were written in, um, and uh, Peggy's promised some travel poetry too to go along with with that theme. And it's an open reading, so bring your poems of any kind to read. And thanks so much to Lois and Alice uh, for. Uh, for hosting us as well. The series has been going on for, for quite some time. And uh, the La Cunada Flint Ridge area, it's sort of an undiscovered part of LA, unless you've discovered it or been there, but it's, you know, between two mountains and, uh, and it makes you feel like you're somewhere else kind of, uh, which is my favorite way to feel like I'm somewhere else. There's a poetry writing prompt for you. All right. We got about uh, 15 minutes left in the show. Give a call 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 608 area code. Hi. Hi. This is June from Portage, Wisconsin. Hi, Joan. 
How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, did you uh, say thought I'd... I was going to say, did you say yes. Portage? Wisconsin. But Portage is the right name of the city? Correct. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> I met my wife in Wisconsin, so I'm always excited to hear the word Wisconsin mentioned. Did you really? Where did you meet her? I met her in a small town uh, about an hour north of Milwaukee called Oconomowoc. Um, oh, we were yeah. both... Yeah, we were at a, we were both there from different parts of the country. I came from South Cal. She came from. Well, she was living in Kansas City at the time, and we met at a, a a Jewish music educators conference at a camp there. And uh, uh, within six months, I'd imported her to Los Angeles, where she's been ever since. Well, that didn't take long, did it? <laughs> <laughs> it did not. That's the way uh, love is. <laughs> Right. Outside of like the the forty years leading up to it, or whatever it was, thirty some odd years. That oh, <laughs> oh, I thought you said six months. Okay. No, it was six months. Uh, you know, between when I met her and uh, but 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 there was a preceding thirty plus years of my life waiting to meet her. You know what I'm saying? Oh, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> some things are worth waiting for. And this was one of them some, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Sounds like it. Sounds like you've had a good long life together. So, so I far. am calling in with a poem I've been working on for a couple of years. <laughs> One day I'm going to be done with it, but I thought I'd give it a read. Uh, hopefully my voice will hold out. I've been struggling with that, but it's a longer one called The Times of Our Lives. The essence of time and life seems sometimes to escape into illusion in spite of its permanence. For each of us, time and life are temporary with spontaneous beginnings and endings. Throughout all ages, we have marked and memorialized the times and our lives in sand and hourglasses, in meters and measures, on watchtowers and night watches, in waiting rooms of all sorts and sizes. We've etched names and dates into trees, rocks, and foundations on monuments, cornerstones, and gravestones. We've remembered life, time, and people in all these places. Still, life and time astound us. We are mystified and mesmerized, living and moving as waves coming to shore, each life with a span and rhythm of its own, seemingly independent yet relying on some other source of energy, some being to fulfill its essence. Life warps into being, unfurling both slowly and suddenly, birthing itself, bursting into sight, then just as slowly and suddenly, time and life seem to slip away folding inward and out of sight, captured by moonlight, carried off by longitudinal waves to a distant shore unseen from this edge. Their life, our lives, held by another being far, far greater than any of us and and yet not so very far away at all. Life on earth and time, while seemingly elusive, are not hallucinations of the mind. Rather, they are illusionary, so deep and profound, they far too often escape adequate description and so may seem lost on earth. But rest assured, the eternity of time and life are found and grounded in heavenly realms that contain our fragile earth and lives. 
each life, whether lived on earth for seven seconds or seven hours, 17 years, 70 or 70 million, each lifespan, each life of every person and every living creature leaves an impression reverberating throughout the universe forever. Even the dust has DNA, daunting nuances affirming that life is. Life is mystery. And so the times of our lives, yours and mine, along with those who have lived before and who will live after ours for hours and years, seeming to be without end, all these lives and times are verifiably authentic with infinitesimal significance. These are the times of our lives. Let us live them well. Indeed. What a lovely sentiment, Joan. Thank you for uh, sharing that. I I just was thinking about as you were reading that, um, uh, both because of the length of the poem and the the nature of what you were talking about, that you had been working on this for for two years, you said, and it it just seems like it's the kind of poem you might actually be working on for the rest of your life. (laughs) I might be. (laughs) You know, it's sort of a Walt Whitman thing. I mean, I think he worked on Leaves of Grass perpetually and kept releasing new versions and editions of it, you know, as his life progressed and changed. And, uh, you know, maybe this is your maybe this is your song of myself. Maybe this is your Leaves of Grass. Hmm. I'm going to take that as a very deep compliment. Do do that. Um, Joan, uh, before I let you go, anything going on in your, your part of Wisconsin in poetry that you want to let us know about or any, any other um, poetry news? Well, I had uh, – we have uh, Wisconsin Fellowship of Poets here in, in uh, Wisconsin, and they're having a couple of – if you go to their website, they have a couple different contests going on, both for members and non-members. And I had um, started up for the first time in Portage poetry readings once a month, the first Tuesday of each month. Started them in April. First night we had a blizzard. Roads were closed, but I refused to cancel. (laughs) And we had a few people show up, so I took that as a good sign. So we have uh, a small... Yeah, so we have a small group of people, a few of us that are regulars and a couple different audience members each month and featured readers. So um, every month I wonder if people are going to come or not come and show up or not show up. And it seems to be working well, so I think I'm glad that I set it up and it gives um, poets of every level uh beginners and experienced and people who don't want to compete and people who want to compete an opportunity to share their passion for poetry. So I'm enjoying that. That's fantastic. Um, I, uh, I, I applaud you for, for starting something as so many times people, you know, I, I'll ask you, is anything going on in your part of the world? And they either don't know, or they, um, uh, uh, you know, or 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 don't don't go, um, and um, or the, or they say there's nothing, you know, and I think mm-hmm. the idea that you just started something, um, it, that's that's how there becomes something, you know, and it's it's not, I, I, it's a lot of work, but you know, it's not impossible work, you know, just finding a place that's willing to host you, whether it's a coffee house or museum space or wh- whatever it is, you know. Uh, you know, there's, there, it's 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 doable. I mean, you you just let people know about it, and invariably the poets will come. Yeah, yeah, and I have to tell you that the um, the restaurant where we're doing this at a steakhouse, and they have two side rooms, but they don't typically use them for what they call meetings. And um, uh, Tuesday evenings are kind of slow nights, so at first 
they were a little hesitant. They didn't know what poetry readings were, what kind of people are going to be coming, what's this all about, are they going to need to, you know, have tons of extra staff. And so, they, you know, it, it, it does present a lot of questions for for the location as well. And I have to say they um, they were hesitant at first, and it's um, they've gotten used to it. They seem to appreciate it. Uh, people come early and eat, so they make a little extra money on the side, and so that's working well. Um, so I, I, I love other I love the idea. I love drive. the idea that I love the idea that they were concerned uh, that a poetry meeting reading might bring a whole lot of extra people in. I mean, invariably it, <laughs> Isn't it, that it nice? might. <laughs> It might clean out the restaurant. You know, oh, there's poetry. Sorry, we'll go somewhere else. You know, that's that's, that's the more typical. Joan, it was so right. great talking with Which you. Which is why I, it's I mean, nice that there's a side room with a door yeah. we can close. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna let you go because I got one more person on the line I want to get in before uh, the show ends. So thank you so much for calling in, and and I hope you do so again. Sounds great. You have a good evening. Thanks for doing this, Rick. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. That was uh, Joan calling from Portage, Wisconsin. Um, our uh, next caller is uh, from the 864 area code. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. Who's this? Um, this is Jen Ruby. Jen Ruby. Oh, my gosh. Long time. Good? I'm good. Happy are, Feast are you of Trumpet. Say it again. Happy Feast of Trumpet. Feast of Trumpet? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is, but thank you. Isn't that today? Rosh Hashanah, uh, Yom Teruah. Yeah, I hadn't heard. The, I haven't heard the term Feast of Trumpet before, but yeah, but that that you you uh, maybe that you could be right. Uh, we do blow a shofar, which is sort of like a horn. Maybe that's maybe oh, that's yeah. what that that means. Um, it's so great to hear your voice. I, I've only got three minutes left. Do you, do you have a, a poem you, you can share before we run I out do, of time? You know, I don't, I don't think it's probably too long, so maybe I'll just call back next time. But I just wanted to say hi. Well, well, man, tell me, tell me something about poetry uh, uh, since I've got you on the line. Uh, tell me what the poem is about, and so we can look forward to hearing it next time. <laughs> Well, actually, I wasn't at home, so I didn't have access, you know, to my poems. I just had a screenshot of a very oldie, but I, so I was just going to read it. But I re- enjoyed the show today, and, you know, listening to everybody talk, it was great. That's great. Well, it's – it's uh, it, remind me what part of the world you're calling from? I'm calling from South Carolina. South Carolina. Um, cool. Well, it's really good to hear your voice. Um, our next open reading is in November, and I hope you call back earlier and read your poem. Yes, sir, I will. Thank you. No problem. Take it easy. That was uh, Jen Ruby, um, a long, long-time Poetry Superhighway participant um, since the very earliest days of the website, PoetrySuperhighway.com. Um, so cool to hear your voice. I don't know that I've ever heard your voice before. So sweet. Um well, ladies and gentlemen, I've only got two minutes left, so I don't have time for uh, any other callers. But um, thanks to everyone who, who did call in. Thanks to uh, Gia from Lynnhurst, New Jersey, for opening up the show. Dennis from San Francisco, California. Um, thanks to Peggy from here in Southern Cal. Thanks to Joan from Portage, Wisconsin. Thanks to Jen from South Carolina for, for trying, anyway. And, um, and also to Rachel, Rachel Can and Jerry Garcia for sending me the spoken word tracks that I played on, on today's show. Um, as I've mentioned, um, our next open reading, our next Poetry Superhighway Live open reading will be on Sunday, November 4th, uh, 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I guess that's 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, East Coast time. And the rest of you will have to do your own time zone math to figure out when it is, or just sign up on the email list and, and you'll figure it out. Um, and uh, just another reminder, um, the deadline to enter our, the uh, 2018 Poetry Superhighway Poetry Contest is coming up. It's uh, Saturday, September 23rd. That's uh, less. That's uh, two weeks from yesterday. Um, you can enter as many poems as you like. It's a dollar per poem entry uh, fee. Um, the poems get read by the judges with your name removed, so it's fair. There's three different judges who don't compare notes or anything, so three different sensibilities are reading and scoring your poems. 
Uh, the three winners will divide up 100% of the entry fees, and every single person who enters uh, will get some kind of prize just for entering. Thanks to the many, 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 many sponsors who have signed up to send send contest entrants poetry books and other things. You can see all the details. You can enter. You can see the complete list of prizes by going to our website, poetrysuperhighway.com slash PSH. Um, it's all there. The entry form is there, etc. all the entry guidelines. And of course, you can submit for our regular Poet of the Week um, publication. You know, we publish two poets online every week, and we've been doing that since 1997. Um, so cool. Thanks, everyone. Shana uh, Tova, if you're, uh, if you're uh, celebrating that, and talk to you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.